Unlock your Bible. Discover the true meaning of life. Learn the cause of world problems and the astounding solution. Prove for yourself what the future holds. In the Trumpet Literature Library, you will find answers to life's most important questions. Explore these vital titles on Trumpet Bookshelf. Welcome to Trumpet Bookshelf. I'm Grant Turgeon. We are living in the Laodicean era of God's one true church. This is an extremely trying time for God's church. 95% of the people have rebelled. They have turned away from God. And God calls them Laodicean. That is a term that is talking about being spiritually lukewarm. They're not supporting God's work. They're not delivering God's message to the world. They have turned to materialism. But God says there would be a Philadelphia remnant within the Laodicean era. The Philadelphia era of God's church was the previous era, the sixth era. The Laodicean era is the seventh era. So once the Philadelphia era ended, when Herbert W. Armstrong died in 1986, we entered the Laodicean era, but there are still faithful Philadelphians today doing God's work within the Philadelphia Church of God. There are a lot of really encouraging prophecies in your Bible about the Philadelphians. This is the ideal spiritual condition. People who are on fire for God's truth and God's work and are willing to fight for it. Malachi chapter 2, verses 4 through 7 say, And you shall know that I have sent this commandment unto you, that my covenant might be with Levi, says the Eternal of hosts. My covenant was with him of life and peace, and I gave them to him for the fear wherewith he feared me and was afraid before my name. The law of truth was in his mouth, and iniquity was not found in his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity, and did turn many away from iniquity. For the priest's lips should keep knowledge, and they should seek the law at his mouth. For he is the messenger of the eternal of hosts. We can prove to you that Levi here in Malachi chapter 2 is referring to the late Worldwide Church of God founder, Herbert W. Armstrong. God made a covenant with Levi. God did the Philadelphia work in the Philadelphia era of his church through Levi or Mr. Armstrong. And notice these traits that Levi possessed. He feared God. He spoke truth. He kept away from sin, and he even turned others away from sin. He guarded God's truth. And God blessed him with life and peace. Mr. Armstrong was the physical leader of God's church in the Philadelphia era. 
And that is a wonderful example for us to follow today. A couple chapters later, in Malachi 4, we learn a little bit more about the Philadelphia standard. Verse 2 says, But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. Again, it comes down to fearing God, which means we obey God. We look to the Bible for instruction on how to live our lives, and we keep the Ten Commandments. When that happens, Christ is our Son of Righteousness, healing us and blessing us, and we can jump for joy like a newborn calf. Continuing here in Malachi 4, verses 4 through 6 now. Remember you the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the eternal, the day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Again, another reference to Herbert W. Armstrong here in Malachi chapter 4. Mr. Armstrong was also an end-time type of Elijah. So when it talks about Levi and Elijah here in the book of Malachi, both of those terms are referring to Mr. Armstrong, who served God for well over 50 years in the Philadelphia era of God's church. But notice what Mr. Armstrong did. He turned hearts within families. He strengthened the bond between parents and children. He put the focus on the father, the head of the household. And he helped parents raise their children right. And he helped children be encouraged to obey. It says here how we ought to remember the law. We ought to remember the law as it was within the worldwide church of God under Mr. Armstrong and how Mr. Armstrong lovingly enforced God's law. He did fulfill the role of the end time Elijah. Going back to one book previous before Malachi, Zechariah chapter 3, verse 7 gives a warning to an end-time rebellious Joshua who succeeded Mr. Armstrong in God's church. This rebellious Joshua was told here in Zechariah 3, verse 7, If you will walk in my ways and if you will keep my charge, then you shall also judge my house and shall also keep my courts. And I will give you places to walk among these that stand by. So, of course, it looks here like God really did give this end time Joshua, the successor to Mr. Armstrong, every opportunity to turn things around. And again, this, this man, if he had only walked in God's ways, and kept God's truth safe, 
preserving it to be passed on to other people, if he had only rendered righteous judgment within the church, then God would have blessed this rebel. And sadly, that's just not how it turned out. Zechariah chapter 4 now, verses 6 through 10. This is the word of the Eternal unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Eternal of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. Moreover, the word of the Eternal came unto me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also finish it. And you shall know that the Eternal of hosts has sent me unto you. For who has despised the day of small things? For they shall rejoice and shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel with those seven. So here, another end time figure. Again, referring to Mr. Armstrong, Zerubbabel, this mighty spiritual builder for God. And as it says here in Zechariah 4, Zerubbabel built not by his own might or power, but by God's spirit. Zerubbabel had mountain flattening faith. A mountain would turn into dust figuratively speaking, in front of Zerubbabel. Mr. Armstrong had living faith in God's word, and he really did set an example for all of us to follow. He trusted in God. He was empowered by God's Holy Spirit. And that's the kind of life that is available for us to live. It says here in Zechariah 4 that Mr. Armstrong laid a spiritual foundation, and he also finished building that spiritual house. He left God's church in great condition when he died in 1986, and all we had to do was preserve and maintain that spiritual house. Sadly, the Laodiceans didn't do it. Thankfully, the Philadelphia remnant is doing it. Zechariah 4 also talks about the day of small things. God's work always starts very small. And we can't laugh at that or scorn that. That's how God works. So we know it's done by his miracles. And we can't give credit to ourselves. That's the way God does things. That's the Philadelphia standard, starting small but moving forward in faith by God's power, building spiritually for God, just like Mr. Armstrong did. Another passage here, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, 
For that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. The son of destruction. Inside God's own church, tearing everything apart. And here are these Philadelphians holding fast, not shaken, not deceived, in the midst of church overthrow. That is the Philadelphia standard. Notice 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 15. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. So Philadelphians stand fast. They hold on to the truth that God has revealed through one man at a time. It was Mr. Armstrong. Today it is Philadelphia Church of God, Pastor General Gerald Flurry. Philadelphians hold fast to that truth. They keep a godly tradition alive. That is the Philadelphia standard. One more passage here just to really emphasize the Philadelphia standard. Revelation chapter 3. Verses 7 and 8 state, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things says he that is holy, he that is true, he that has the key of David, he that opens and no man shuts, and shuts and no man opens. I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door, and no man can shut it. For you have a little strength, and have kept my word, and have not denied my name. That was Revelation 3, verses 7 and 8. The Philadelphians have the key of David. They can see the God family vision through the eyes of God the Father and Jesus Christ. Their righteous desire to have billions of spiritual children to bring all mankind, past, present, and future, into their family. That is the message of the Bible. The Philadelphians have that key of David that unlocks this marvelous spiritual truth. The Philadelphians have open doors to walk through to do God's work. Incredible opportunities to spread the good news of the coming kingdom of God around the world to anyone who chooses to listen. It's not being forced on anyone, but anyone who chooses to listen can hear. We have opportunities to dig in Jerusalem and to present these quality artifacts here at Armstrong Auditorium in Edmond, Oklahoma. We just hosted retired Lieutenant General Michael Flynn on this Philadelphia Church of God campus last week. Incredible open doors to do God's work. Philadelphians also do not have a lot of human strength, but they have a lot of God's strength through the Holy Spirit. They keep God's word, meaning they obey God's laws. They uphold God's standard. And they have not denied God's name. 
which means they submit to God's government. They obey what God says, even if maybe we don't like it every time, that's what we should do. And eventually develop the right attitude about it too. But we respect the authority and the government structure within God's church. God has a law and he has a government to uphold that law. And the Philadelphians love it. Continuing in Revelation 3, verses 11 and 12. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which you have, that no man take your crown. Him that overcomes will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from God. And I will write upon him my new name. God is offering his Philadelphians today an incredible reward, a crown, a double crown, to be pillars at headquarters forever, marrying Jesus Christ and ruling alongside him. But we have to hold fast even when everyone else rebels. Notice a little further down in Revelation chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcomes will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. The Philadelphians respond to Christ's knock and they come out of the Laodicean church. They leave that rebellious organization and they join God where he is working today in the Philadelphia Church of God. We answer that knock of Jesus Christ and we fellowship with him. And we overcome just like Christ did by God's power. Christ conquered the devil and with God's power, we can do it too. Mr. Flurry writes in his free book, Malachi's Message, which you can get at thetrumpet.com, page 32, the Philadelphia era's example and its works, led by Mr. Armstrong, set a standard for us to follow until Christ returns. We have to continue in that Philadelphia standard because really it is God's standard. Page 33 says, The Laodiceans don't want to follow the Philadelphia standard. That is precisely what a Laodicean is, a person revolting against the Philadelphia understanding. That is because they want to be the standard. They are too often setting their own standard. A Laodicean is nothing more than a person who strives to get the focus off the Philadelphia attitude. That is what makes a person Laodicean. Now, we can zoom in on this Philadelphia standard. We can get even more practical about it. This is an article by Mr. Wick Hirma. Live by God's standard from the Royal Vision of May-June 2003. Live by God's standard. 
He writes here, individually, we must all adhere to and judge ourselves by a standard, one not set by any man, but by the eternal God. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 18 says, For not he that commends himself is approved, but whom the Lord commends. Unless God commends us and praises us for the way we live, we are not living by the right standard. It only matters what God thinks, not what we do as our own standard. Mr. Hirma writes here, God's judgment will be based upon what is found in the Bible. God uses the Bible to measure us according to our works, what we do with our lives, how we spend our time, our prayer and study habits, our example at work and in the community, the way we interact with our spouse, our parents, our children. For everything that we do in our lives, there is a standard recorded in the Bible that God can compare our performance to. In all that we do, God can look at us and know if we are matching or meeting that standard or if we are falling short. God gave Mr. Armstrong a plumb line, a measuring device, as it talks about in Zechariah 4, verse 10. This measuring device for measuring vertical correctness are we standing up straight spiritually? Mr. Armstrong was on the scene to measure God's people. Mr. Flurry today is measuring God's people, but ultimately it's God who is measuring us. And it's all about what we do. Even if we're praying and studying a lot, if we're not putting that into action, if we're not living the right way according to God's measuring standard of righteousness, the Philadelphia standard, then it's all pretty worthless. We have to be excellent in God's standard of righteousness. Mr. Hirma talks about Titus 1, verses 7 through 9. These are the qualifications of a godly minister the qualifications that ideally that minister would meet before he is made a minister by God. Titus 1, verses 7 through 9. For a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the naysayers. Again, that's Titus 1, verses 7 through 9. Mr. Hirma writes, Every one of us, men and women alike, are to attain the same level of excellence that God says an elder should possess. So this standard for a minister in Titus 1 applies to all of us, where we must be blameless, our character above reproach, unquestionable integrity. We must be stewards of God, which means we're preserving 
God's truth and not letting people steal it from us. We must be not self-willed, meaning not rebellious or hostile to God, letting God lead. We must be not soon angry. We can't be quick-tempered. We must be patient. We must be not given to wine. So that's talking about not being a drunkard or addicted to anything, but living a balanced lifestyle. We must not strive, but be gentle with others and have patience with others. We must be not given to filthy lucre, which means not materialistic, not obsessed with worldly riches. We must have a love for hospitality. Mr. Hirma says hospitality includes far more than having people over for dinner. It is going out of our way, providing rides to those who need transportation, genuinely opening up our homes, our cars, our incomes, whatever it may be, to help. To do so without grudging means that we are to live the way of life gladly, not complaining about the extra fuel cost or the extra set of sheets to wash. Philadelphians go out of their way to esteem others better than themselves and serve their needs. A minister of God is supposed to be a lover of good men, meaning he yearns to spend time with God's people. Mr. Hirma writes, if you have a choice to be with people in this world or with your brethren, which do you choose? Too many still favor the world over God's family. We all must strive to be sober, as it says here in Titus 1, meaning becoming role models so others can learn the right way to live. We must be just applying God's law fairly and being doers of the law, as it says in Romans 2, verse 13. We must be holy, cleansed of sin, truly repentant for our sins and committed to avoiding those sins going forward. And we must be temperate. We must have self-control. That is all part of the Philadelphia standard. And the Philadelphia standard is God's standard. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Trumpet Bookshelf. You've been listening to Trumpet Bookshelf. Please email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time.